Previously on AFTN. Cap Scarf wanted us to add red card of the year. There's two. Juarez. The double red cards, uh, Reina and Juarez. Oh, at, at the but you, like you've got to share it with the top off. That was his vote. I have Juarez. Well, I have Juarez in Seattle. Yeah. See, I, I thought hands down Juarez, but it's put more hands up. <laughs> Ten minutes left. Yeah, but there's still some time. It's not the final score. We need more than the numbers were given. Show us you live and breathe the game. You're more than a name. That's what we came for. We can bring you more than the score. Every story. Let's take this thing off of the field into the real world away from the numbers. Away from the numbers. Hey, hey, hey. Everybody, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory, 101.9 FM, CITR Radio. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 310. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhower. And what a struggle to get in tonight. Flying bottles... Tear gas, so much crap going on, things getting smashed in car and bus windows, glass going in people's eyes. Admittedly, we should not have attacked it from the backline house, <laughs> but we did, and we still made it here in time to start our show. So I think that's a good start. We'll talk about more of that later. I'm pretty oh, sure we man. will. Whoa. I was looking forward to that, sitting down. I know you guys were having a, a viewing for a, it as well. a Peruvian joint hanging out. It was great. I had some great ceviche while we were ah. waiting. Yeah. And then the game got and delayed game and delayed and delayed. And it got delayed again today. Yeah, <laughs> which was good because I was going out today, so I couldn't have watched it. Yeah, I was working, so I was going to miss that. But has it been rescheduled yet? Not yet, but it's the, definitely the, postponed. The word on the street is December 8th, which might clash or be at least the same day as MLS Cup. Oh, I could say you get postponed permanently and they just give it to, to Boca as a re- no, return of what no, happened three years ago. No. No? Not, no, not for the Copa Libertadores. They, they can't wait that long because... Should it, I play the headlines theme song? <laughs> 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 no, because th- this is for this year's uh, thing, right? The winner just yeah, goes thing. into the yeah. d- December the World Cup Cup, right? Yeah. We'll talk about this in part four. We hope to have a slightly shorter show tonight. I think we should just talk about the whole show. Yeah, the... I, I'm aiming for a 12.30 finish. We'll see how that oh. goes. Does work tomorrow? I wish you wouldn't have said that. How, every time you I, say exactly. That, how many times I tell you, don't say that. But the there's a storm the coming. The storm is coming. It is. Well, my wife, did, it, my it, wife warned me hits, about that. If it hits the way it's supposed to, it is quite a storm. Yes. <laughs> wait, and wait, is it going to be around tomorrow? Yeah, it well, should yeah. be starting I mean, sometime it's, tonight. It, 10 o'clock tomorrow is when the storm lands in the morning. Mark DeSantis holds his press conference to announce... Who has been let go from the Whitecaps? Who he is keeping? He's stamping his mark on the Whitecaps. 
I nicked out from Glass City's Twitter tonight, so well. cheers, man. But yeah, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's player option deadline eve. <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing. Well, we, we're not going to have a Christmas Eve show not, tonight. No so one was no. stirring, not even a mouse. Well do the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some clubs, of course, have jumped the gun and have, have got theirs in early. But yeah, Mark DeSantis is having a, a media thing downtown tomorrow at 10am. But Mark DeSantis will announce who he's keeping, who he's letting go, probably explain a little bit more. I'm hoping as well he might confirm his backroom staff. But I'm sure there's some players that have had some good news and some bad news over the last couple of days. He's, I believe, met or chatted at least with all of them. So we'll we'll see exactly what kind of shape he is wanting. It does kind of sound like he's not going to blow the whole thing up. From what he said to us two episodes ago, he doesn't feel that that's necessarily the case. Sorry, what? That he's not going to blow the whole squad up. Which means that he's not getting Mm. rid of everybody. Which we expected not him not to get rid of everybody. You seem surprised by that. Did you not hear our interview? No. Y- he he I said did. there was no point doing that. He wants to bring back as many as he can. But that's that's gonna be like that's gonna be that could be anywhere between like five to fifteen yeah. or something. It's don't, don't I mean, expect there, there to be t- but there's ten ten under contract Ten we under know, contract. We know there's, they're there's all some not, out of contract guys. But the the contracted guys, we know they're not all coming back. No. I know and but we also know that they're not gonna be all let go tomorrow. Yes, they're, they're going to be held on because you have to keep some assets as well for trades, expansion, expansion, expansion draft, draft, all that kind of nonsense that goes with it. I thought you, the Spencer Ritchie thing is going to help us get out of that. Who knows? Maybe they won't even pick his option up and just let him be free as a bird. And and as doing that, then they won't get picked from. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some kind of. I deal. don't know. We'll see. Are they smart enough to I do a we'll, deal like we'll that? I guess we'll see tomorrow. Three teams though have already announced their options, and one player has confirmed that he's not had his option picked up, which was Sonny in RSL. He has been in a kind of contract dispute in RSL, though, since 2017, wanting more money. But three teams have announced. We've had New England Revolution, Philadelphia Union, and Seattle. They announced who they're picking up, who's gone, blah, blah, blah. No, No one really exciting on that list. There's a couple of free agents, but... I mean, Lamar Nagel from Seattle, Ozzy Alonso from Seattle are maybe two players that you would maybe want to pick up, but they're not going to come here. No, I would would actually say no to Alonso. Um, I think that he's... A year or two ago, I would have loved him. Maybe, but yeah, he's too slow right now. Yeah. I I, I saw him, they were playing Portland, and he was just ran over a couple times there. And he can't take a penalty. No. Clearly not, no. No. So we'll see what comes out of that, but today, the MLS season suddenly sprang back to life. I out mean, of nowhere. I, yeah, it's like an RKO. Yeah. I know, I felt it was more like a dead kind of day. It was, it was weird to see MLS games back after such a long gap. It's just ridiculous. Of course, lots of rumours coming out. The Athletic did an article this week, don't know if anyone read it. I read the bit that was free, which was like two paragraphs. So I don't know exactly what the full article said, but from folks that s- summarised it, basically it looks like they're going to be changing the playoff structure next year. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, that's I tweeted that out, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's yeah. where I first saw it. Yeah, exactly. Have, are you a subscriber to The Athletic? Yes, I am. Oh, what yeah. did the article say? Well, 
if I remember that tweet, I completely forgot now. Uh, but no, uh, it basically it's going to be a shorter regular season. Shorter regular season. They're going to try to end the regular season before the October international window. They'll play all the playoffs between the October national and window the, and, uh, and the end of November one. Uh, they're going to expand to seven teams per conference. That is because eventually they'll be going to twenty-eight teams. So I don't know if it's right away going to be to seven teams or it's going to be six teams until they get to 28. So it's one or the other, but it'll be to seven. So advantage, big advantage to the conference winner because they're the only ones that get the bye. Yeah, I'm trying, I was just trying to work out how on earth seven teams plays out, but that's how. You've yeah, got yeah. three first round matches. Exactly. Now. And then you, ah. so you got the. And there's straight knockout. There'll be no more two knockout, legs. No two legs in any of the rounds at all. And it's, so that's a huge, again a huge advantage to the teams that finish higher. Yeah, in the standings. Uh, finally, it makes, makes something from regular, the regular season, season worthwhile. Yeah, exactly, and um, I, I think that was it. I think that was the main points. I think there were some other minor points. Mm. Did it specify how many games this shortened season would be, or same, is it the same number of games but just in a shorter of, time? So, yeah, so we'll have more midweek matches. It mentioned also everybody's games, favorite. Probably it, games played on international dates. It as also well. mentioned because Miami and Nashville would be coming in. Those mm. are more southern teams, so they can play more games. They could possibly start the season in February um, mm. and play more. Uh, there obviously BC uh, Place would be home to one of those opening week games because it's indoors. Yes, and th- there'd be some other ones uh, as well that would be able to play um, at the beginning. So a lot of games in the south and obviously Vancouver. That'd be interesting. The league has struggled with these midweek matches and drawn crowds. Certain markets, a lot of markets, even like New York Red Bull, struggles mm. to get crowd midweek. Dallas is horrendous. Well, if you think of it, even Vancouver, you lose about 25% yeah, of the... Not done, the we've not done bad all the time, but there have been some games that's marketably... or we, uh, we, I don't think they've ever hit less than 15, except for Canadian Championship oh, games. Oh, those yeah. ones really are you talking terrible. sold or in the stadium? In the, in the sold, sta- sold. No, I guess both. No, sold. Sold yeah, is sold, the important yeah. part. That's the way yeah, they make okay. the money. But the marketability yeah. for a lot of the teams that come for the, these midweek games as well is not very attractive to get fans right. in. So, my f- my worry would be then they kind of get some of the better games moved to midweek yes. to try and get the crowd. So you'll get yeah. more midweek Cascadian derbies, for exactly. example, or which is what they've done for yes. three or four years, which has been which is very, awful, very terrible, awful as is one o'clock Saturday afternoon kickoffs. Saturday one o'clock, yeah, oh, okay. like for any travelling fans coming up from oh, yeah, yeah, Cascadia, yeah. So, that's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, it's not, enjo- not enjoyable. No. I mean, you've got border and everything to try, and you, so you basically have to come up the night before. And the thing is, it it, it also, uh, obviously it's not going to affect, I don't think, uh, the next two World Cups, but uh, eventually it will affect a World Cup where they're going to have to have a big uh, shutdown of the season yeah. during the World Cup, and then you have to try to get all the rest of the games in and all, uh, you know, kind of squeeze in other parts. So I, I don't know. Sure. I haven't checked the headlines. I, I checked what you initially sent out and it wasn't in it. So I'm not sure if you've got com- any additions. I completely forgot about the, the putting it in the headlines. So you night. might not have any additions, but I think it was it, was it Com the Ball that was pushing to have the World Cup every two years? Oh, I have that in there. We'll, that, talk, we'll right, talk about yeah. that later. Okay, we'll yeah. come to that in part four then in headlines. But <laughs> well, we'll like, talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, that's but all I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the MLS chat because it was, I like to call it semi-final, but I guess it's conference finals. But it's basically the, the, yeah. the two semi-finals to get to the cup final. It's more prestigious to call it a conference final for them. Yeah. So while the losers cut their losses, yeah. it is a semi-final. Some has said that it's a better, better marketing <laughs> thing. Four team seasons are still alive. 
in the East. Sorry, there's only there's only three teams still alive after today. I'm sorry. Yes. Going into it, there was four. Oh, you never know. Dead Bull is dead. Maybe they'll get some wings. Halftime in the second game, they were trying to pump up that New York could still do it. Oh, yeah. New yeah. Jersey, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Top two teams in all of MLS battled it out, and it was a good game. I should expect from the two of the top teams. But Atlanta dominated. Yeah. And came away with a 3-0 win, which over the course of the 90 minutes I think was fair. It's probably a wet dream for the folk at MLS headquarters because they're going to get that big crowd and that atmosphere for the cup final. Oh, that's what they want. They, well, they would you, also probably did, like not to travel and have it in New York. Did you but, enjoy the stadium-wide choreo today? Yeah, I didn't like the flags that were waving constantly in the second half. That was annoying me. Yeah, you should not sit in that section. Just like I was watching the darts there, today, and it, it cut to a shot, and the person couldn't see the board because the guy in front had a big hat on. The commentator said, wouldn't like to be stuck behind that hat. And yeah. I thought of you. Yeah, there you go. The, uh, no, the, uh, my only question about the choreo today was, uh, was that FO kind of planned and organized, or was that the actual supporters? Now, when, I'd be talking about the lights. No, no, you see the stadium wide. Oh yeah, uh-huh, yeah but yeah. the lights was quite choreographed as well. Yeah. I thought. Well, yeah, I, I like lights. Obviously, obviously, a supporter's not on the light switch turning it off. And, uh, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, everyone should be there with their lighters. No. Slightly no. dangerous. I like what they, if I like they've got, got any knockoff kits from China yeah. in the crowd because <laughs> up they'll go. I think everybody uses their iPhone flashlight now or something like that. No, they, did you see it today? No, I oh, it was it. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, was, no, it, it, it was really, it was really nice. nice. But Atlanta, I, I felt it though. It happened about two o'clock. <laughs> I, I, per, I felt something at that. Something, time. something. Steve's something wearing. Inside. Steve's wearing a nineteen seventy-seven Star Wars T-shirt. So something moved in the force. You something felt it. Moved. There was yeah. But Atlanta dominated <laughs> the first half. They took the lead in the thirty-second minute. Nice finish from Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez is almost on fire as much as Steve is tonight. Mm. Parker kind of uh, didn't oh, get up in the air. Oh, Timmy no. Parker. He was so bad. Oh, how we missed that defending, didn't we, this year? <laughs> Easy. It, it, to be fair, it was a pinpoint cross by Jeff Laurentovich. That was a wonderful cross. Laurentovich? Whatever. Is that what I said? Laurentovich. <laughs> There's no witch in there. Laurentovich. Which? If you're from Europe, you would pronounce it witch. Uh, okay, t- tweet us the correct <laughs> pronunciation. Jeff, any, if Jeff's family's... If there's any polls listening, any poll dancers listening, just oh get in touch God. with the show at AFT in Canada. I think, um, sti- I think they're still... It's still happy hour for them, probably. It's always happy oh, hour. Man. No, but... Okay, so even if it's pinpoint, Timmy did not look good. No. On two of well, two no, the two goals, the goals well, yeah. he did not look good. Um, yeah. Second half, Bradley Wright Phillips. No goal. Definitely not a goal. Thought he tied it up in the 53rd minute. I, I kind Good of, old VAR. My, I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. I don't think it was clear and obvious, though. Oh, what? Wait, standing what? right in front Steve, of the keeper. did you see all the angles? I'm just saying, I, like, I don't think it was, like, clear and obvious where it was, like, something that you did would... Did you see the angle from behind the net? Why didn't the... If the linesman couldn't catch that, it, it wasn't clear and obvious. That's what no, I'm just but, saying. No, but the linesman have been told if you've got any doubt not to... Leave go it, no, okay, maybe that's what, that's what I, they Apart did. from the did second you see the game where the linesman... Oh, I know that. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. behind the net, you can... One, you can see he's behind the defender. But you also And look, you can see he's blocking the view. You also look yes. at that he was behind the, the the Atlanta defender. So even if he wasn't there, the Atlanta defender would have screened the goal. No, yeah, no, no. blocking it. No, no. It wasn't... The Atlanta defender wasn't directly straight in front of him, if I remember. He was more a little bit this way. When it first happened, I thought it was for the initial header by Mule or whatever oh. his name is is it Mule? 
Yeah, probably. I Let's think it's, go a, for it. it's it's M M U Y L. Yeah. Steve, Steve says mule. Initially, I thought it was for that, and I thought, oh, Atlanta is getting one of these favorable decisions. It's like that's what I thought too. When MLS I saw HQ are like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. But seeing it again, and then when it clarified it, totally fair. But then Atlanta took advantage of that, grabbed their second in the 71st minute, Franco Escobar, firing home, great work again by the guy that we decided we were going to sign, Julian Gristle. Not getting him. He's cheap, we'll get him, definitely. You're not getting You're not him. Make getting a big play anywhere for him. near him. You don't think Atlanta want to keep cheap players? Julian Gristle, Atlanta, Johnny Russell, Atlanta that's that two guys. We just still know who's going to be the new coach, right? Mm, no, not yet, no. It looked like Atlanta were going to kill it off the whole game. We're getting a third. Hector Villalba cracked one off the left post in the 90th minute. And you thought, oh, it's going to keep it tight at 2-2. Then the Red Bulls are a great opportunity to pull one back. I can't remember who it was, but hit it straight at the keeper. And then Villalba just goes up the pitch. 95th minute. Atlanta pressurised Red Bulls into mistake. Timmy Parker way out of position. Kind of playing a DM role almost. And then a really nice finish by by Hector. And everything was going good. 3-0 to Atlanta. There's no way back for Red Bull, surely. There is no way back. I think one of the key things was keeping the clean sheet. Yeah. And yeah, an away goal would certainly yeah. made it very interesting. Yeah, if that's three one, yeah, I think you give Dead Bull more hope. Yeah, but I don't think they can. I don't even with the way they play. It, it, one of the things that they kept on talking about on the broadcast. Uh, what's his name? Your guy you like there, Taylor Twelman. You know, he he was surprised. I that, like him. One of you guys always no, talk not, about not him. me. Okay, maybe it's you. No, I just mentioned that he mentioned a Canadian, which he oh, rarely ever does. Like. He's okay. had too many head knocks. <laughs> it shows sometimes. Yeah. So he uh, he kept on mentioning how he was surprised that like, I think it was like Dead Bull. Came out with like their high press, even though that they were playing at Atlanta. I, I think if if they do it at home, which in some ways I expect they will, they um, they're going to be open. They're going to be open to a breakdown somewhere if they're if they're pressing so so much. Well, they break down every so year high. in the playoffs. They should, they, yes. end of the season they should just well, be like, the, you know what? I know we're first. Let's just not. Play. But this is the hashtag, right? That's so much. This that's so metro. I think is the hashtag, yeah. right? Like they they've never won. They, you know, they're one of the teams from the beginning that has never. Been able to pull it off. Yeah. But it looks like Atlanta will be hosting the MLS Cup. Should be good. Who are they going to play, though? Yeah, but will it sell out? Oh, we will sell out. I think you might get 75. Okay, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, I missed it, the tone there. I'm Could sorry. be an all-time record. I don't know. Yeah, it would beat, it would beat yeah, the mm. game in Seattle. They might add some stands to seats. Oh. Get a roof built quickly, yeah. just in case it gets cold. They have a roof. They're playing the roof. <laughs> It looks like Johnny Russell FC could be the team that <laughs> plays them in the final. I'm gonna get my shirt. Oh, it would have been your Scotland. It would have been Russell really. Shirt. It would have been really clear that they would have played him if he didn't miss that sitter in the box that's guided <laughs> over the pole bar. I was wondering uh, if you were diffi- bring difficult that bounce on a difficult <laughs> surface. Difficult surface. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't a classic game, but it was an entertaining nil-nil. Yeah. You've got to say that. Portland thought they scored. Yeah, VAR came in again. Now, this time the referee did put his flag, or yeah. the linesman did put his flag up afterwards. Oh. Um, I think just to draw the referee's attention off, this is offside. You told me not to do this, but I think I probably should. Yeah. And then there was two guys offside, so. Yeah, yeah that was this one was clear. Very physical game in the early going. 
Johnny was getting kicked all over the park, hurt his hand, got a little oh, yeah, punch from Chara. He had a cut right yeah. on his hand. Yeah. Chara, who was already in a booking, kind of swung a punch into his ribs in the box as well, which for Diego I Chara, would have sent him off. Diego Chara refers to that as a love tap. Yeah. yeah just I, so. I would have sent hey, him I'm off just, I'm here and banned him for you. five games. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just me. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. Now, the thing about this, though, is we've seen teams go to Portland before as a higher seed. Coming away with a nil-nil draw, and then inexplicably mess it up when they host a home game. Not mentioning any white caps, no. but are KC going to do a Vancouver, or do you see KC getting through this? I, I think they, I think they can get through this. They're, they're, they definitely have a, a stronger eleven, and they, they don't, they're not a team that sits back quite a bit. So I think they can pull it out if they and and they got Tamilia and he he actually saved quite a few shots today. I man, I thought when they went to the end of the game, then the broadcast, they went to the moment of the match. I thought they were going to show the the goal that was called back because mm. I thought that was a, a, the most significant moment of the game. And so they showed the one save he made. Yeah, the diving one. Yeah, that was like that was not that good of a save. I that off was as soon as the final whistle went. Oh. So. That it was it was like the save where it was the header on the I think the corner and he kind of dove to catch it, but it was like a routine like it was like the placement was like perfect height, it wasn't that far away from him. I think I think he played well, but I didn't yeah. think he was that great. But you guys are right, Kansas City, it, the ball's in their court, it's theirs, it's theirs to lose really. But I and I think they will win. It's got to be Thursday night as well. Don't like that. Yeah, but all the, both games are Thursday. Yeah, night. but you can't count the lumber. Like you it. cannot count the lumberjacks out. No, but. Going back to the East very quickly, and then we'll just wrap the MLS talk up. Nightmare, really, for MLS. You've got a game on a Thursday night, and you've got one of the semis that's pretty much all done and dusted. Yeah. So that's not, a, that's not a good start for sure. We've also got a tweet in from Tim Altman, who says it is Lorenowicz. Oh, he's Polish. Yes. Yes. Us Europeans okay. know how to speak, so there you go. So, all of, so we should tell t- Taylor Twelman and those people. Yeah. Oh, don't listen to anything... North Americans do with pronunciation. Anyway, that is it for the MLS chat, but just before we round this section up, we're going to revisit a couple of AFTN awards. Oh, yeah. The red carpet has been rolled out. Maybe it should be a blue carpet. Wave to the girls with the Golden Globes. They're waving back. It's exciting. We didn't get time to do all our awards last week, so we're we're going to just round off part one with the two awards we did not get to last week. AFTN's Hero of the Year and AFTN's Villain of the Year. Now, this could be anything in world football. So it could be local, it could be Whitecaps connected, MLS connected, North American, Canada connected, or it could be that it's worldwide and something over in Europe or Germany or whatever. So... Let's kick off things with Hero of the Year. Who did you guys have for that? And I'll read some of the, the listener stuff as well. Um, I have one off the board, kind of. I would say because they uh, they were a soccer team, I would say that the divers that saved the tie. Uh, oh uh, yeah, the tie boys. Yes. Team. So I would say I would say them. Not Elon the, Musk. No. No. <laughs> he'll be in Mars in seven years, yeah, apparently. Yeah, anyway, so. So yeah, I, I, oh, I just I kept it local. So oh, I, okay. did, I did. I did. I did. I uh, did. I was looking back on my notes from last week. I did. Uh, Alfonso, okay. or maybe Alfonso and Kai for their like chemistry and the vibe they created and their performances together. Um, yeah, international. 
I would also uh, another nominee I would have is the the people that uh, have brought together the CPL. Yes, I think they were. That's uh, a good the, one. Uh, it's a kind of a group effort, so the, no one the, person. The other thing I have for Alfonso, I would take Kurt Larson out of that though. Yes, I agree. One of the. He, one of the, Out of the group. one of if not the worst hire they've made. Yeah, um, yeah. shocking kind of everyone in the Canadian football. Totally flip flopping yeah. everything too. Uh, yeah. Guy oh, who, he was so anti. Trashed, yeah. He was so anti. I had CPL. a very brief chat with him at the Nationals. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Was he was anti, anti CPL. He was anti. <laughs> he was anti Canadian for that. Yes. Ever. Yeah. He, well, he's not Canadian. I know. I know that. Know. Yeah. There, there was somebody else there who I won't say who <laughs> that had interacted with him for the first time. And the feedback from them was not positive. I've talked to some people about him, and I'm just like, you got to be joking me. And they're like, oh, yeah, good for probably it'll be good for the league. But yeah, how can you trust someone who spoke so against it so so harshly? And then when they decided to pay him, all of a sudden he's for it. It's a great idea. Like it it just does not, to me, it's not, not, there was no wisdom in that. My hero, if we're looking at a Vancouver hero, has to be Alfonso just for giving us some excitement. To tell Alfonso the other thing about this year, the international money, ele- yeah. the international element for of Alfonso this year, aside from playing for Canada, was the whole helping you know his speech getting the getting the World Cup bid yeah. uh, or adding to the World Cup bid. I, I like uh, Steve's uh, little tie boys thing. I said the the, the divers, the rescuers, yeah. The so I th- I think that's a good one to go yeah. with. I'd also go with Dulwich Hamlet for getting their oh, home oh, back. Yeah, that's, that's, that was a lot Boxing of Day is going to be their first game back at Champion Hill, so that's fantastic. Minor one too: the women that um, uh, went to the Iranian uh, games. Oh, the games. oh yeah. yes, into those which are going to be allowed yeah. to do properly now. Yeah, yeah. Well, although the people are not happy about that because no. they yeah. don't want them to see half naked men. Is there half naked men in that's, the run that's, games? That's, that's what they that's what they claim the people in shorts and then just and get the men to wear like a onesie, the onesie, yeah, one, like this, like yeah. uh, that. That's yeah. a onesie. Yeah. Villain of the year, mm. white caps. I don't know. I, I I don't know who this would be, but whoever it is that sorted out Brexit's contract extension, seven hundred forty-five thousand dollar error. Which oh I shouldn't have started him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I mean I had I have I have kind of the Whitecaps FO in 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 general for its lack of uh, you know inspirational leadership, mm-hmm. and you know Bobby and Greg are at the head of that on on, on, yeah. the, on the football side of things, and so again they're you know nice people and stuff like that, but I don't think people people who work for them who you'd be surprised if I if I said their name have said to me yeah what we need here is an inspirational leader. We need that type of leadership to take us to the place where we have failed to get to. And, and so for me, uh, this is the year, the reason why I would, I would say that they're the villain is, uh, well, aside from the Breck Shea incident, you know, contract incident, for me, it's, it's just how everything kind of broke down this year. And they were still just happy to say, we'll put it all, yeah. we'll, we'll try and put it all, all this negativity, we'll try and put it all on the coach. You are wa- just part of the vocal minorities, Axel. Oh, man. Oh, another hero. Sorry, quickly. Football leaks. Oh, oh yes. They're, but, they're, but who, who's your villain then? Steve? Oh, um, villain, I think I think the main one for me is going to be Infantino, mm. uh, the oh. FIFA president. He didn't just, cover himself in glory this weekend either. Just, just because of the amount of, especially with the football leaks, like I mentioned right now, that amount of he, amount he's in the bed with the Saudi Arabians. It's so clear that, you know, like, for example, uh, clearing them of financial fair play, it was PSG and Man City owned by 
uh, of people from that country, um, and and just the stuff about uh, it's clear now that League of the the whole uh, this thing Nations they want to change wants to be they want yeah. Saudi Arabia wants to run that basically. And, oh, so, and they also want the World Cup in seems like, 2022. Yeah. How, how big is this bed? It sounds like there's a lot of people in there. It's a massive bed. <laughs> um, my villain of the year, I'm going to pick Meadow, who is the people that owned Champion Hill and kicked Dulwich Hamlet. Oh, yeah. Excellent choice. Sort of throw that in. Quick ones from some of the listeners. Uh, Cameron and 7,459 others said, <laughs> villain is Juarez, hero is Davies. Quite a few folk had that. Uh, Drayton Van Ayes said David Baldwin of Avid was the villain. Hero is... Well, he just, honestly, I, don't, I, I understand where people are coming from, but he kind of just did what he was asked to do. Yeah. Well, he, he was hired to be Greg, to help Greg Anderson. Yeah. To help, I mean, Greg's not connected in world football. Yeah. So you need, you need people who are connected. Yeah. Drayton also maybe, said... Maybe he could be a villain for the poor scouting job. That he did. <laughs> well, but that was John, John, uh, Park. No, no, it was, yeah. it was Baldwin, too. Masra Ui, after clutch goals in Ajax's Champions League campaign thus far, is another one from Drayton. Mm-hmm. I don't is watch it, that. That was a villain? No, it's a hero. Oh, hero. Oh, Joel yeah. Nutson said, Hero of the Year, Diego Valeri. A number 10 who gets it done, makes everyone around him another level better and an MVP. Villain, what was going on to Cheryl's mind in 2018? I don't know. But he was all over the place, and it would be nice if he was more consistent. Nice guy, but a lost soul last well, year. Well, Tachera, that's a th- that's a thing that uh, maybe we we don't talk about enough. I think Tachera is really the the uh, this whole fracas that happened at the end of the year. I think is it, it, I think it has to be tied. I don't know this. I haven't asked enough people, but I think it, it's tied to Tachera and his actions after you know, the coaching change, and maybe a little bit before. Yeah, but, there's some things I've heard about that as yeah. well. But be interesting to see where he ends up because we know it's not going to be here. Yeah. Anyway, we will be back with some more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. It's been a long time since we sat and watched The sun go down on it It's the simple things in life that make me smile. Simple things like simple. It's like I'm 23 now and done a load of shit. Been a load of places, can't have wonder, but I sat back thinking about the past times and laughs, so I put pen to paper and I write rhymes and hat simple things. Make me grin like nights I've had good mates around a little place with pints and Mad Hat McGore again, just for Zach. Up the Mad Hatters. That was one of the first songs I heard from him from 2010 with his good buddy Ian Halliday, Simple Things. You'll be glad to know, Zach, that Steve didn't have time to pick any music for this week's show, so all the music tonight's my choice. Is that what you were were doing when I got here? No, we've got some great stuff coming up. Can I have a show where I do all the music once? Yeah. Okay. One point I'm not here. (laughs) (laughs) You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. So that was Mad Hat McGore, Simple Things. It's the simple things in life that I like, and it's the simple things that excite me. What's the simple things about football that just make you love the game so much? 
Oh, the smell of that grass at BC. Oh, I mean, the turf at BC Place <laughs> at the beginning of the season. I tell you, I, I love the smell of liniment. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that takes me back to when I first started going to football games with my granddad as a kid. We went to like non-league stuff in, yeah. in our town in Scotland. Um, and when you walked in, all you would smell was the liniment. And it's I just still love that. When I go to the VMSL games, I'm like sniffing the players, getting a full smell of liniment up my nose. I really miss, some of them don't like it. I really miss the the, the PDL, the Whitecaps PDL teams. Yeah, and the following them around and everything like that. Well, we've got TSS Rovers. I know, but I had a really a good time. Like like, and I, I just don't have time anymore. That's the problem. That's more my issue. Because pa- parenting, I, man. Um, uh, like going down to um, Central Washington to watch uh, the PDL t- p- team play. Remember that yes. one stadium with the mountains in the background? I can't remember the place uh, where. Um, was oh. Redmond, not Redmond. I went to uh, play that. Crossfire, and it was Crossfire Stadium. Yeah, yeah. it was Crossfire Stadium. They had uh, the stands on one side, and then they had the mountains on that mm. side, and it was a nice place. It was, it was fun when there used to be like, like Abbotsford was a fun trip. Oh, the yeah. and everything. Was I there saw, smoke. Yeah, I still. I remember that too. That somebody, somebody got sent was, off for uh, swearing in that one. We lost. Did we lose that? To- Possibly, yeah. That was a Wanda Wanda Fuka plate match. Yeah, a couple of. And you guys we, jumped. You guys jumped on the field at halftime. To yeah, play we around. had a game. We, yeah. had a we were bike. testing smoke that day, so it was orange smoke because we were just testing out mm. a new, 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 new brand. Yeah, new brand, new device. It was weird. It was really weird, but it was fun. I to think try. their keeper was a redhead. Maybe that. He, he was, him. and then we ended up oh, signing him. So, <laughs> yeah, simple things. That's what I like. It's something the White Caps didn't do very well this year is get the simple things right. So we're going to kick off our Whitecaps year in review. And we're going to kick off with pre-season and a look at January and February. So that's January, February, by Barbara Dixon, Fife Icon. Last year when we did this, it took like two months to talk yeah. about the season. Are we doing that again? No, we're, okay. we're going to... We're splitting it up over... We're going to split it up, but we're not just going to like rehash it. What I'm wanting to do is look at some of the decisions that were made, some of the incidents that happened, and then how it kind of shaped the rest of the season. And going into next year, what mistakes can't be made again and stuff like that. So pre-season is a great way to start that with because a lot of mistakes were made pre-season. And you can go back into the year before with, for example, Breck Shea's transfer not happening and getting a contract triggered and stuff like that. Key moment. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think they even knew about this till January, it seemed like. Because uh, there was... Robbo was on the... Robbo was on the um, on the air saying that Brexit wouldn't be a DP next yes. year. In Van- he said yeah, it wouldn't be a DP actually, in Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. But no, they knew by that point. Yeah, so I think, okay, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, but he didn't expect him to be a DP. For yeah. the whole year. They no, thought they'd be right. Yeah, because it was one of two things. Either move him on or buy him down. Yeah. But then when they realized that they buy him down, there's no chance of moving him. Yeah, then, then that they couldn't do change. it. Yeah. yeah. But January kicked off. We, we, we lost some players. And some long-time residency graduates as well. Sam Adekugbe went to Norway. He's doing really well yeah, there. Valeringa. Back in the, in the Canada team, national yeah. team, although didn't get the start in the last game. Marco Bustos said adios to Vancouver. And whatever hello is in Mexican is or Spanish. Hola? Hola, yeah, hola. To Mexico. I'm not sure. Ask Jay Duke. And he only went there for a little, little time. Yeah. Right? Was that, was that, the first was it alone? 
I know. I think he actually joined them properly. I think that was a loan. Oh, was that a loan? Jo- and then he no, no, joined. it was a loan initially. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. And then he joined. Yeah. O- is it OKC? Yeah, yeah. Because they, they parted didn't, ways. Basically, didn't go well for him in Mexico. But then he has moved on to OKC, where it's not gone great. But at least he's getting playing yeah. time. And he and scored some goals. And he's got yeah. a, uh, another year next year there as well. He's going definitely there. Yes. Atiba Harris, Drew Becky. Yeah. Um. I, I. I. He scored a goal in Mexico. I think with one in Did one he? of the, the cup competitions. Didn't think. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So he scored a goal there, and I think they he just couldn't get on the pitch, and that was a big issue. The coach initially was very uh, talked For, highly of him. Former Whitecaps often don't see the pitch when they go to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is. It was probably the best thing for them personally to get out the club. Yes. But I think it's also maybe a warning to other residency players that are frustrated that the grass isn't always greener. Now, yeah, it worked out for Sam. Or the turf. But Sam has had a little bit of a struggle and with injuries and stuff. But at least things are going well for Norway. Marco, on the flip side, hasn't lit it up and he's dropped down a level. He's playing, but he's playing USL. So it isn't always greener to go to Europe to to do all these things. So any of the Whitecaps residency guys that's maybe feeling a little bit like oh, I need more playing time or whatever, it's a it can go either way. Yeah. Someone like David Norman doing well with Queen of the South back in the starting lineup yesterday. Another big departure preseason, of course, was Tim Parker, which yeah, is probably just, the biggest one. Just at the edge of preseason started. Yeah, and, and right before the season started. But are the, we getting into the nitty gritty that today? Or are we saving that for another time? And, no, we'll get into that today. And, and oh. up, up until today, he was doing pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of folk have pinpointed the the bad defense this year with the loss of Parker, which I think has been very generous to Tim Parker. I, I I honestly, and I've said this, and uh, probably people are getting sick of me saying this, but I think it was just the lack of a central midfield being able to control the ball and help out uh, the back line. Yeah, totally I, I, I think that back line but was... But also lack of cohesion centre-back okay, pairing as okay. well. So yeah, so I agree with you, Steve. I think that's definitely an element. But what you just said, I think is more, like we, we've talked about this in the past, that's more significant. Yeah. It was like... There was uh, a connection, there was a relationship, there was uh, an understanding between this, the center backs. And they complemented each other so well, both in defense and in attack. Uh, or, so, you know, from set plays or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the two of them attacking balls in the box was like a monster. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and uh, honestly, when he was doing well, Daniel Henry did attack the ball. He couldn't get the <laughs> ball in the net. But he did, there were a couple instances yeah. where he got the his. I'll his, give him that. Chance, yeah. So this is where the, this is where the front office and the people behind this orchestrated things perfectly for themselves, though, because my understanding, you can correct me if you know you you know you probably know more than I do, Michael. Um, and you, this is the speculation you're talking about, is it? Or is no, it more this is I've, I've been told by people who are close to the players. Okay, I've been t- not someone on on the you know not someone who's uh, you know paid by the organization or oh, whatever, yeah. but someone who is close to Tim Parker, someone who's close to the players, uh, has indicated, and I've heard this corroborated by other people that basically what happened was the they the front office. Uh, wanted to paint Tim Parker in a certain light so that people would be happy for him to be gone. So they used two things for that. One, they put out this vibe that he didn't want to be here. And two, that he wanted a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Because they know both those things are guaranteed to make people not like a player. Yeah, and I'll be 
honest and safe and all this stuff was coming out, I did think, good, let him go. If that's if he's being this disruptive and he's wanting all this, when he, I don't feel he deserves to get what the figure was getting banded about, I was in the camp of, yeah, let him go. Wait, have no, you heard different from me? No. Okay. But we've heard from Tim since, when he's come back with New York, that that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. And it should also be noted he has not signed that's what I was just an increased say. deal with New yeah, York. That's what I was yeah. going to say, that maybe... There is something to the fact that how much he wants, and, and obviously the Red Bulls maybe aren't willing to even give that. Yeah, because they do. I think who's the other guy? Aaron Long or something? His partner. Yeah, and people are like, like a little bit higher on him than um, than Parker. Oh, Tyler. Yeah, the, but him not signing a new deal with New York is not uh, a total indicator because I've heard even heard American people speculate that he might not stay at Dead Bull. He might go oh, yeah, to he, Europe. Yeah, he might go to Europe. Yeah, which has been a dream of his. I mean, when I spoke to him in the past, that's always been a dream of his to go and play in Europe. Yeah, he got a chance to go and play in his home state, have family and friends watching him. So He's I mean, from New Jersey, good. it's all the same. My 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 daughter said to me the other day about about we're talking about Dead Bull, New Jersey, or whatever. And she's like, oh, like a like a New Jersey. Like they have a, a New Jersey. <laughs> she's seven. It was really cute. New Jersey. Old Red Bulls. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't even, we weren't even watching football, Steve. We were watching um, Cap 2. Oh. <laughs> when they're like, uh, where are you going on your honeymoon? We're like, uh, New Jersey. <laughs> but the thing with Parker, he he did have a good understanding with Kendall. And I think you saw this year, and you saw it in 2015, no, 2016, that when Kendall has to do too much on his own, his game suffers as a result. 2016, it was the sending offs. This year, I feel the first half of the season, we did not see Kendall at his best in a white cap shirt. I don't think he was as commanding as he could have been. Defensively, he maybe wasn't as good as he has been. And I think it's because he's trying to get a new partnership. He maybe doesn't... I mean, I say he doesn't trust the guys. I'm not meaning that as in... He doesn't think they're good players. It's just he hasn't built up, oh, if I leave that, I know that he's going to clear it. Yeah. Whereas I know Parker is yeah. never going to clear and, it. And that well, happens. Well, but I think there was an element of that with yeah. it. And although I don't feel losing Parker is the sole reason that the defence was crap and letting lots of goals, because I, I still think we would have let in lots of goals even with Parker there, because I don't think he is that great a centre-back as folk, some folk maybe make him out to be. I do think it played a key role in that centre-back understanding. I, yeah, yeah, totally. So so whether or not you rate him as an... In, like, This is what people are saying. Oh, individually, he's not that great a player. But football's not an individual game. It's no. how you work together as a team. And I think that was a significant piece. And I, I would concur with Steve. And this is where the, you're talking about Kendall having to make up for or or adjust. This, this lack of... Well, it was lack of uh, continuity, but also a lack of... A Matthias Laba in, in in that holding spot, yeah. a Gershon Kofi in that holding spot. Definitely. Keeping talk about the defence then, Sean Franklin and Jose Aha were brought in in the preseason. Aha was brought in, Robo told us, he was brought in to be Tim Parker's replacement. Yeah. Because they knew Parker was going to go. Sean Franklin was brought in to challenge Norwinski in his sophomore year. And of course, Norwinski was still coming well, back from an injury, suffered in the last game. In and, Seattle, the, the season before. And the Franklin one, I, I can't remember how, how I spoke about it at the time, but I, I liked it. I know it didn't wasn't like was, – Franklin was, wasn't as frugal. No, I thought, I thought it was – He was added late too in the preseason, yeah. wasn't he? Or well, like, he, he, 
He was in some of the preseason games. He came in January, so yeah. he, he definitely played in all the preseason matches. But he's out of contract. We could see him back. Whether he wants to come and still have this role here, I don't know. It depends. If we can't get anything better to really challenge Jake, I would probably bring Franklin back. Remind me real quick. He's out of contract, right? He's out of contract. He's not, yeah, he's not an option, yeah. dude. Yeah. Jose Aha. He's a difficult one. And obviously, by the time that this goes out, as the podcast folks going to know what the options are. But because of this money that we have yes. to send to Orlando... Who wants to give he, more money to the thieves in Orlando? Yeah. Like, I think for that Unless fact, we can cut a deal to get some of their players in return. Like we no, talked about last week, there's no, a couple I, I don't of guys so. there. I don't think that's going to happen. No, I don't uh, think so either. Or I don't think it's going to happen that quickly. No, I think there's better centre-backs out there and better centre-backs with MLS experience than Jose Aha. I think there's better well, centre-backs it, in the world. He started <laughs> off great. He got the injury. Ultimately, I can't think you have to say he was kind of a bust. But, but here's the thing. If they also, if they don't take his option, they can still make him a bona fide offer and get him in that re-entry or before. They can still renegotiate with him, can't yeah. they? Yeah. Like they hold his MLS rights. And, yeah. and the thing yeah. is, both Daniel Henry and... Um, Don, it, it, do okay. Daniel Henry, sorry. Yeah. No. Daniel Henry, and uh, it kind of fits the mold of what uh, the Santos wants in a center back. Uh, athletic, can run and, and, and pace. And the emergence of Aaron Mond... Makes o- o Jose Aha expendable. Danielle, I think, is back for sure. And yeah. I think they're f- you're foolish if you don't bring back Aaron Mond. Yeah. So I think those two make uh, Jose Aha expendable. Yeah. So you don't have to bring him back and spend that much extra money. Now, we also had another couple of additions to the defense in the draft. <laughs> Are we talking about this? Are we going to talk fr- more about them than they actually played here? I think we probably yeah. will. I, I spoke more to him for the show than I think they actually saw any time in the pitch here. So, first round draft pick was Justin Fittis. Second round draft pick was Lucas Stoffer. Left back and right back. They they were versatile. They could play either one as well if called upon. They both seemed promising. Robo, amazingly, once again, got the guy he wanted in the first round. It didn't work out for either. It didn't help, though, Fittis got injured pre-season in the training camp. Lucas Stoffer, they had a look at. I was impressed by him. I watched a, a, a game. It was the Whitecaps, kind of fringe guys against Calgary Foothills. And I watched a game of Colin Elms from TSS Rovers and Clint Schneider from SFU. Both Colin and Clint were impressed by Lucas Stoffer. They thought, hey, this guy's, he's got something. It, it's kind of really good. Fittis, though, went, ended up going on loan to Fresno and then was, was kind of cut did he play much in Fresno? He didn't. Uh, I think maybe play much a minor. He ended up going to LA Galaxy two, which you think's an upgrade in Fresno. Only made five appearances. Stoffer had a better one. Stoffer, he did well. He went to New York Red Bulls two, scored two goals and seventeen appearances, and has impressed folk. I liked what he had. He is small. He was a great guy to talk to. If anyone listened to him, 22 minutes, we ended up chatting to him for. But it, it, could it have possibly have been like your favorite yeah, it was interview? What, it was my favorite interview yeah. of January. Um, essentially, I think the, uh, the draft comes down to you need to do uh, more scouting than just go show up at the combine. Yeah. And talk Which to, is what Alan Koch was fantastic at yeah. doing. And, he, and you need to do more than just listen to some of the experts. 
Yeah. But, Car- but you Koch, have to judge it on the season. But Koch was special, though, right? Because yeah. he wasn't just like, oh, now he's your second team coach. It was he put in years in yes. a university game against American teams, yep. networking, knowing, having to prepare for. Well, that's the thing. He games. used his oh, network yeah. of contacts, and you have to wonder what happened this year. I mean, why was it a bust? We don't have the first round draft pick as we it, talked about last week. We could, if there's a special guy, make a trade for it, but it's a. Uh, I, I think it's harsh to be like, oh, it's a it's a bust in the MLS draft. That's a terrible thing. Remember, this is the MLS draft. This is if you get someone good, you are very fortunate. Yeah. Also in the preseason, Kendall. Jake Norwinski, they got the contract extensions. We don't expect to see Kendall back next year. Norwinski obviously will be back, but he has to be. You have to think he's a prize trade asset. But if you get rid of him, you need a right back because we don't have one. Or two. Or two, yeah. if we let Franklin go as well. Yeah, I but think, he, I there's going to be interest in I th- him. I'm sure of that, but I think he's going to come back for next year. I, I think so for sure. Some of the other additions, we had Jordan Mutch. He's definitely not going to be back. No. Felipe Martins. Yeah, people he's, people on Twitter need to stop talking about Jordan Mutch coming back. Yeah, the, Jordan Mutch is not coming There's back. There's like zero chance. He's not chance. going back to Crystal Palace. He's yeah. going to end up in the championship. He's keeping his options open. Felipe, though, was the other late addition when Parker went. Felipe yeah. came in just before the season started. Does he hang around? What role could he play under Mark DeSantos? For me, Felipe is the ideal player for a Mark DeSantos system, yeah, I feel. Yeah, I think I think he could have some joy w- with MDS. I hope so because I really like the guy. And I think on and off the pitch. And I think he could p- play like a role where he's kind of the um, if the uh, like the, it depends on who they bring in. Um, he could be a thing like if there's somebody they bring in somebody that plays Felipe's position that might not have MLX experience, kind of be that role to get the other person, fill in for that person when they're not ready to go or something like that. You know, just get, yeah. help ease somebody in. Because you, you need MLS experience at positions too. That you just can't bring everybody from abroad. And we won't go into this one too much, but Effie Juarez obviously came in, was a bit of a disaster. Steve, how did you feel about that? I wasn't happy. No. I, I, I Were you happy at the time though? No, I didn't mind. Like a lot of people did rip him. I, re- I remember that on Twitter. A lot of people ripped him because everybody called him a right back. And said, there's no way yes. he's playing in mid-central midfield. He's been playing yeah. right back for three years. He, he came here because he wanted to be a midfielder. I think this season showed he's not at least an MLS midfielder. I, I think that for me, aside from the the red mist, the multiple red mists, the thing that was... Because uh, I like you know your discussions with him, some of them... He was a good guy to talk to, I felt like. But uh, he felt really off the pace. Yeah, that was the thing. I think I MLS shocking. is too fast yeah. for I, him in the midfield. I, I even I, at right I, back, I think it's too. I fast. don't even know. I'm not sure. You probably don't remember this, but within ten minutes of seeing him play in his first game, I kind of turned on him. I don't know if you I, remember that because yeah. I was like, I remember a lot of your other. This, I, I, remember, I remember saying like, this guy doesn't look like he belongs on the yeah. pitch at all. Obviously, his discipline stuff was a, a, an issue as well, but the salary was another thing. As with a lot of guys, and but he rearranged furniture really well. I'm not gonna. Not going to bang on about this because we've covered it so many times, but it has to be said again the way that the money was distributed amongst the squad over the preseason building the squad was absolutely shocking. It was unacceptable. Heads should have rolled for it. They do, haven't. Do you feel, sorry, do you feel that you felt that at the time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like when I saw what the salary, well, not at the time, me when the salaries yeah, yeah. came out, when you see that. Which is obviously a little bit clouded because yes. you're three months into the season and you see exactly yeah. what the players are. 
some of those salaries, which we've, we won't go into again, but they but there were, were basically there was three players that were brought in on the money that they had. What's his face on the Colombian? Yes, right. And I'd rather have had him than the three of them combined. I feel right, but you you had you had uh, what's his name Kai Kamara instead. Yeah, and he was more productive. Yes. But um, I think I think I'm more suited for the system. But the, the system. problem is, is the other money wasn't distributed. Like you said, like there was way too much money put into that central midfield, and it, there was no, there's no uh, benefits from that of doing that either. Because no. too many who defensive were, who are the three players again? Felipe. Well, Gazal was on a, a high ticket Gazelle. as well. But you had Felipe. But you was had Effie Juarez. You had much. Much, much, but his but, money was nothing. No, and Blondell well, was an, a not a great thing but, as well. But there but was a third. There was a third one. The 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 three starters. Actually, I guess I'm thinking as well. <laughs> the three starters in the midfield. I think at the beginning of the season, everybody was expecting was Juarez, Felipe, and I believe it, it was no. I think it was much actually. I think people thought he wasn't he injured right away. Yeah, yeah. Was it, there was a lot of that. That's the problem. Ali Gazal got injured pre-season. Right. Justin Fidesz, as we mentioned, Jordan Much. Anthony Blondell in his very first training session it, got injured. This is in the post-Rick Celebrini era. Right? Yes. Yeah. Pre-season matches, it was in Hawaii and LA this year, which I also believe is where we're going. Oh, you, miss, you missed the best year. of them. Oh, Las Vegas yeah. as well, yeah. We got a couple of wins in Hawaii, then we lost to Sapporo after beating them. We beat Las Vegas Lights 3-2. There was no llamas or money dropping that was disappointing. 4-0 draw with LAFC, beat LA Galaxy 2-1. We got to see Anthony Blundell in action. He linked up well with Reyna. But then when we got to see him in MLS, admittedly he wasn't set up to succeed because he was playing in games where there was men missing, also known as just any Whitecaps match in the early start of the, the season. I, The way the Whitecaps, like when Blundell came in, and that he came in in 2017, but pre-season gave us the first chance to see him, and it looked exciting the way he linked up with Reina. But then he just didn't get the chance. It just, do, do we cut our losses, ship him out? Do we loan him in the hope that he comes good and then get a transfer or bring him back? Or do we just keep him here and say, look, work with it. You, you can come good. It's a new coach, new yeah. era. You have to see it. They, they have to identify whether it, it you know, is, is his play is like... It, is he developing or is is development or like arrest? Is it like arrested development? Is it like not? Is it not? Is it is it not going to get better? And that's what they have to identify yeah. in order to see what's going on. I felt for Blundell. One of the things that that uh, as watching him play, that I felt like every defense really just shackled him, and he was just well, tied, he was tied sh- up. He was shackled with playing with ten men. I yeah. mean, that didn't help. But what do you do with him now? Then I think I I'm I'm thinking he's a lone candidate where either. He impresses again in Venezuela, and then maybe they sell him off somewhere, and then they could reap some of the benefits there. Or they they loan they loan it, and then he comes back and shows yeah. what he can do on the pitch. I think that has to be the way forward. Plus, you get a salary off the books as well. But that's the thing. I don't think they'll get like his full salary relief. I, I don't know how that fully works in MLS. I thought if you loaned him, you did. No, because well, no, no there's, I don't think there's any way any club's going to take him on loan on what he's being paid. Yeah. Right, yeah, think about people with Jordan Mutt. Yes, especially the yeah. Central right? American teams. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah, but or it, Venezuela. It, yeah. it looks like we're, not it's not been confirmed yet. But I, my understanding is we're going back to Hawaii, right? Because you have to commit For so far years. ahead to yeah. to make sure you get it. I don't know that that was the best. Prep no. them. and it's easy to say that now in hindsight. Are you going this year? No, not at that cost. It it did feel. 
I don't know. I just didn't feel that they were playing quality opposition. I feel you need to get tested in pre-season. And going over to Wales wasn't testing them either because it, much was made of that you're going to get tested against these under-23 teams. They were not good teams. And you were there. Yeah. So they need tested. They need to to be in a better environment, I feel. Is it time to go back to Arizona, to Casa Grande? Maybe. I'd like that because I can go. They, they made a couple of last acquisitions, also uh, late uh, trades off. Uh, they got rid of uh, uh, Tony Chani. Yes. They picked up on 150 in Tam. Yeah. Then they traded. Oh, this was the best one. They, they acquired 185 in Gam. For two seventy seven five hundred in Tam, um, and you you said the the basically the yep, ratio that was makes a one point five ratio. So one point five Tam equals one of Gam. Okay, that seems to be the the trading thing. We'll see if the stock has gone up or down this year with yeah. that. And the last thing that came out preseason, of course, was the Unity jersey, all for one, one for all. A few months later, end of season press conference, wasn't a lot of unity. <laughs> But that was pre-season. We'll get into the start of the season in next week's show. But we'll be back with some more chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Yummy for there. That's a, a song for Steve. You're really into films. I am. Yeah. Do you like German girls in porno films, prostitutes? Sure, I'll take it. Yeah. It's a quiet day, quiet winter day. The kids are out. Yeah. What else is there to do? Films are a good way to occupy your time. Yep. Maybe Alfonso Davies will be watching a lot of films because he's in Germany now. Arrived with the the Bayerns. Yeah, he took a lot of whatever their nicknames are. Took a lot of pictures. He was yes. Yeah. Up front and present. Number 19. I was pricing out knockoff jerseys from China. Can get them for about fourteen ninety nine. That's a pretty good deal. Why would you get a knockoff? Because they're fourteen ninety nine. I don't like buyer. I just want something that says Davies in the back. Probably missed the E out or something, but <laughs> that's how it goes. Anyway, you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. This time of year... Always lots of good films to, to watch. What what are some of your Christmas favourites that you dig out every year? Oh, um oh what was that one? Oh one one is the that I do watch um every year is The Princess Bride. I know it's not really a Christmas movie, but I just it's something <laughs> what? Have you seen have you seen the Oh Deadpool one? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's coming out soon. <laughs> That's what reminded me of it too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like that one. I think uh, probably uh, Will Ferrell's Elf is a recent one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, Elf we watch every year. And the one that I watch every year is, um, oh, what's the one with the the, the one? So memorable for him. No, the, the angel. Oh, 
Oh, uh, oh white, white Christmas? No, no um, I can't remember now. It's, a wonderful, it. it's a wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Wonderful yeah, Life. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one I always watch every time, every year. I watched it in the theater a couple years ago because they had it in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen it in the theater. I, for, uh, just before I came here today, uh, Die Hard was on the TV. Die I, Hard. I don't think that's a Christmas well, film. That's the big debate. So I, was, I, wasn't really, I wasn't watching it. It was just kind of on. And as I was leaving, my wife's like, Sweet, I'm gonna put on a real Christmas movie because my wife like really enjoys those. Oh, the like, TLC ho- the, ones, like the Hallmark. Oh, they're all filmed in the Fraser Valley yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, right. She just she loves those cheesy Christmas Christmas movies. For me, for our house though, we will watch like our kids love Home Alone. Uh, so we'll watch that. I'm trying to think what else do we watch. We watch Elf. Yeah, we'll watch that. We'll always watch the the uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas as well. The actual the original one with Boris Karloff. There's a new oh, one, right? Yeah, oh, I really want to see the new one because, like, the Grinch wasn't a big thing when I was growing up in the UK. We didn't really have really? Doctor Seuss. He wasn't stuff. your role model. No. Okay. Even though he's he seems very Scottish, yeah. But this new one looks fantastic. It's the guy that did the Secret Life of Pets, and that was a great film. Right, so yeah. looking forward to seeing that. I like Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. It was voted one of the worst films ever, but it's it's quality has a cult following yes it has yeah. a, it's I'll, so bad i'll almost watch any christmas movie as yeah. long as it's not a hallmark one <laughs> we always like either. to try and see some version of a christmas carol because uh, that's our yeah, thing yeah. that we do either we go and see a play or we watch a movie off it or whatever occasionally my wife will be like oh you got to see who's in this it'll be like winnie cooper from the wonder years or something but then but then she doesn't really want me to watch or them. topanga from it's uh it's, uh, it's a boy's life or whatever i remember that show oh, I don't know. but she'll she doesn't want me to watch them with her anymore because i we started watching them i was like they just start talking about how terrible they are yeah. or like i'm like i look oh, at her and be like this you can watch like i can't watch those ones on? I, i'll comment on it yeah if I, if I watch it with my wife and she hates it it's like it's too cheesy it's too more. cheesy or too like just like it's so shallow mm. the bottom whatever not shallow wow, like, the plot is so weak heartless we we didn't get to see the man who invented christmas last year so it's coming up on the movie channel next month jesus so looking forward jesus? to see that did, did he write christmas carol Obviously, oh. if you're talking about films, Fonzie and Kai Kamara loved Wakanda the Black Forever. Panther, doing all the wacky wacky, as Wakanda. the guy asked. And I know, did you not hear that scrum where the guy's like, he said, what's with all the wacky wacky stuff that you guys do? It was the Hiskan guy. It was like, oh, Martin? Martin? Yeah. Oh, Martin's great. But yeah, Kai Kamara, I hope he's back next year. But yes. every off season and Christmas time, he likes to to go home to Sierra Leone, He's and there now. yeah, goes there, spreads the word, gets some good charity stuff done, and he's of course got his own charity, the Heart Shaped Hands Foundation. I'm wearing my Kai Kamara thing yeah. today. Kids. I tweeted it out. He's meeting with the government officials too, because yes. remember Sierra Leone has is having issues with uh, money. Yes, and FIFA. Right? Well, yeah, we talk about that and a lot more. I got a chance to to sit down with Kai at the after the end of season pressers, just to talk about his charity and uh, a few more things as well. So let's hear now from Kai Kamara. So Kai, we know every off-season for the last few years you've gone back to Sierra Leone. Is is that your, your plan again for this off-season? Yes, yes, I'll be going to Sierra Leone. And I can't wait, you know, I get to see family and friends, but just to be in Sierra Leone, just to be part of the country and, you know, be in neighborhoods of so many kids and so many people that admires you. And then finally, you know, you get to be around them and, and firsthand and get to interact with them. And I look forward to that every year. 
Now, the charity you set up, you set it up in 2012, yes. the Heart Shaped Hands Foundation. What was the driving force behind you doing that? I know players set up charities, but this seems so personal to you. Yes, uh, my Heart Shaped Hands Foundation um, officially you know, was registered in 2012, but before that I was doing so much in Sierra Leone and, um, and with the schools and the kids. But to me, it's... The opportunities that we have as you know athletes and professionals, and not just that, my story myself, being from Sierra Leone and not expecting any of this to happen, and the fact that it does happen, and when I go back home, the amount of you know love that I'm shown from the people, and I said, if I can, you know, uh, pass on to some kids in school, give them hope to say somebody out there is thinking about you. If you do, you having good grades, you know, we're gonna. I'm going to pay your scholarship um, to continue to do that for you, then it will give them hope, and you never know what's going to come out of them you know, someday. I'm really happy at the moment, actually, where the government has uh, implemented a free education. Right. Yes, which is very good, yeah. and that helps into some of my mindset and pursuit that I wanted to do um, for the kids in Sierra Leone. Um, but hardship hands has always been, again, from my heart, with my hands to give back to the country that I love. Yeah, because I'd read that it isn't free education and a lot of kids drop out yes. after primary school, which to me is, is like baffling because it was just, what, $100 a year paid for an education. What was behind that then? Was it just because it's such a poor country? or <laughs> We're such a poor country, but yet we're such a ri- we're really, really rich country. Sierra Leone is, you know, a country that's, you know, sitting on minerals and minerals, but it all depends on how the country is run and the way it's run, and that's why we're really happy at the moment. You know, I'm not a politician, but to be in this part and this generation to have a president that comes into the country now and implement the first thing that he does is free education because he sees that the future of the world it's through education and so that's what's really great but yeah it was tough before because um there's so many kids and so many people always drop out because mm-hmm. one people don't have regular jobs to be paying for their kids to go to school buying books and school uniforms and all those things so now the fact that they don't have to worry about uh school fees then that helps and it gives people hope and a drive to continue to go to school and to me again heart-shaped hands now, it's not all about, okay, maybe giving scholarships mm. anymore, but it's also going to be involved in the schooling because that's what I've always been involved in, whether it's to renovate schools because that's the, another thing that's really big in the country. These schools were built, I don't know, maybe over 40 years ago, and they're sitting there with no windows, no this. So that's my you know plan right now when I get to Sierra Leone. It's the first time I'll go after the, the free education project. So now then I'll go to Sierra Leone, and I'll be there myself, and I'll get to see what next hardship hand can do to help? I, like a lot of folk, when they, when they flee a country from a civil war at an early age, they don't want to go back. Why has it been important for you to, to go back and to give back? Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Um, I do meet a lot of people that was in Sierra Leone during the civil war and have left, and they've been out of Sierra Leone for about 20-plus years and have never been back. And to me, even when I first had the chance to you know, think about playing for the U.S. when I was a citizen and I was doing well. And I thought to myself, if I do stay and play for U.S., I probably will be disconnected with my country so much more. The way I grew up, the family I grew up with, how I grew up, that was my one way to be able to spend more time in Sierra Leone. One was to play for my national team. And when I started doing that, that just changed everything in my mindset to saying, 
I need to be involved in what's going on in the country because I've, you know, traveled to the United States. I went to school and the little bit of education that I've got, I can pass that along one or two people in the country, whether it's through football or through any, you know, any works of life. And so that was why I was really happy that I made that move to not play for the U.S. and playing for Sierra Leone because that helped me. And well, I'll just quickly ask you this then, with everything that's happened with Sierra Leone, getting kicked out in the Nations Cup qualifiers, do you see an end to sight in sight for that or is it just going to be a mess for I, a while? I hope I, there will be an end to all that, but I hope it's not a quick end just to you know get a quick fix. Right. Because I really, really love over the years and you know how many years, three, four years, I've been saying the same thing is we need FIFA to step in for Sierra Leone to go forward in soccer and football. And now that they have, yes, we've been banned, but I want this to be in a positive way where we can be able to fix, you know, the football in the country because so many hundreds, you know, thousands of kids only focus on, I want to play, I want to play soccer. Yeah. That's my career. And then their lives have been affected in the, for the past five years, since 2013 Ebola. No football has been played in the country and just us and the national team. So if all this can help rejuvenate the country and the sports and everything, I think it will be really good. And if folk want to donate to your foundation, how can they do that? Ah, yes, heartshapehands.com and, you know, or kaikamara.com. You know, it's my website. And uh, through that, there's a link to Heart Shape Hands. And uh, I've always you know, accepted donations. I don't throw it out there to everyone to force donations. But um, and. And any other ways that, you know, people want to get involved, always, you know, through that, they can message me and then we can find ways to... It's not about me, it's about the kids. Okay. Thanks so Thank much you. for your time, Kai. Enjoy seeing you in Vancouver. Thank really you hope you're much. back next year. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. Kai Kamara there talking about his Heart Shaped Hands Foundation. He does so much. Top look. So much stuff with him. It's great. And when I was doing research for that interview, I, I like talked about it in the interview. I just couldn't believe that so many kids in Sierra Leone drop out of school, or they did drop out of school after primary school because they just couldn't afford to to go uh, to high school, and it, it's terrible. And then everything that's happening as well on the football side's been bad. But now that the new government is there, and as Kai said, they're looking to try and make sure that education is there for everyone, what Kai's hoping to do with his charity now is to build more schools and get more folk there. So he does so much work. I know he's kind of got this bit of a reputation when he's been at other clubs. Honestly, I've seen nothing of that here. And obviously you don't know what goes on in the locker room and everything, but to me, he's been great here. He was great for the club. I think it was great in the locker room. It was great for Fonzie and some of the other young guys. I just hope he's back. One of the th- see it one of the things that he said in his uh, end of season interview that was interesting to me was, um, yeah, sometimes I'll express things to people in a direct way. Yes, like myself. <laughs> right, but he's just like, but he's just like the context for that is always for the betterment of the team for because uh, his only thing all he cares about is when he like when you hear him say stuff like yeah you know i'd give up all 100 goals if i had a, a championship yeah. 
I, I, the know, interesting thing he said for me postseason was when he's like, I've never won an MLS Cup. There's guys that's been in the league one or two years and they've got an MLS yeah, Cup. Yeah. And that seems to really piss him off. Yeah. And that drives you on. I don't know if he can win that here. Though. Yeah, That's the thing. if he uh, the only, I personally think that like the the um when we interviewed uh, uh, Mark DeSantos, he mentioned when we, you know he said he didn't want to blow stuff up. He wanted to keep uh, kind of continuity in here, so it doesn't it's not a complete overhaul, and nobody knows who the players are. Because a friend of mine seeks um, that I was hanging out with today, he said. He doesn't even know who the players are, except for a few, like Alfonso Davies, because he knows that they they sold them. But so you need that continuity. You just can't like bring in all yeah. a whole. I'm sure. Know. I'm sure he knows who the, like, all the opposition players coming to town are. Though. Yeah, because how many bell out of the boxes are you going to do in order to introduce some of these players? You can you can only do so many. So um, they they need to keep some of this. So I I I think they need to bring them in, and I think they should bring them in. Like you said, I don't know if they will. Uh, but it could it, come it, down to, to money. Me, he did say money is not his motivating yeah. factor, but that, he might also he might also leave MLS. He's looking yeah. at options outside the league as well. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But as we talked about in an earlier part, one guy that definitely won't be back is Jordan Much. It's disappointing because we never got a chance for him to take me out. Take me out. So it's at night, you don't want to do any cooking. Yeah. What would be your takeout food of choice? Firstly, I don't do that much cooking anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My missus does it. But um, while I've been in Vancouver, the Cactus Club takeout's pr- pretty good. The, the food there is. A couple of the guys have said that. The, so far, the food so. there is pretty good, you know, it's healthy. Um, but yeah, that's probably my go to right now. Jordan much there. Cactus Club for him. I thought he might have gone for White Spot, but it's the Cactus Club. It's probably quite close to... Yeah, they're not close. They're triple O's Well, too. if he lives yeah. in the Monterey, the Cactus Club is right there. Just before we end this segment, i just got a couple of tweets I want to go through. Caleb Wilkins points out, quick point of order, it doesn't matter if the Caps turn down Aha's option and then re-sign him. If he's on the roster at all in 2019, then Orlando gets the TAM. I believe the term is adios. Mm. Oh, Jose? Muchachos. And Angus Walker says he agrees with the liniment. He used to love that smell when walking into the changing room. When he played, his favourite bit was the tea, the biscuits, and a smoke at halftime too. Incidentally, I am thinking of bringing out a new AFTN podcast, more of a humour one, or possibly something on the video. I've already got a name. Going to call it Pulled Off at Halftime. We'll be back with more chat after this. Hey, it's Sivan Runovic, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
show makes me cry and if we ended up with matching socks and shoes that would be Is it too late to apologize? For what? That's the name of the song. Oh, I thought you, were I thought you were asking about, about your last your joke. Segment, yeah. Oh no, that was the O Wells friends of our the show. Friends. People still ask me who does our theme song, and we should mention it a lot more. Sarah Jickling used to be in the O Wells. Now she's got her own solo career, and that was a song by the O Wells Vancouver band. Just thought we would bring that in. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, one hundred one point nine FM. Playing that, of course, hits our. CanCon and FemCon content of the show. Talking about women's soccer, I'm not sure that would qualify for female content and Canadian content, but that's what we're going to do now because Zach's Lady Shafts got shafted today by Canada. 1-0 win for Riri's under-17 girls. (laughs) Did you see Diana Matheson's? Yes, that that was superb. And I think I've said this before. And I'm not afraid to admit it again. Rianne Wilkinson is my football crush. Does she know that? No, she probably does now. Okay. I what does, just well, think she's. I just think she's wonderful. What, what's her no, favorite jam? If you really like her, what's her favorite jam? Raspberry. Oh, you oh. looked it up? Yes. Because <laughs> um, we did. We did interview her before yeah. the. Yeah. Well, you've talked about her podcast. She likes to listen to. Yeah. And she reads off the books too, right? Yes. Yeah. I just think. She's just a fascinating person. She's great to sit down and chat to. Hope to do that when she's back from the Under-17 World but Cup. But maybe not now. Bit, bit awkward now, maybe, but yeah. I might have to take care of that then. Yeah, you, you, you can speak to Riri for us. But yeah, great win. First time ever Canada Under-17 women have made it to the semis. Yeah. And we talked about it before, about like last week when they were going up against Spain and you were saying, do they even need to win? Yeah, you think, were proved correct. Yeah, because they, they, they were... Uh, Germany, I think, was going to be the difficult game. But, of course, now... You well, know, you didn't know that who was going to win that group was yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And then Me- but Mexico kind of looks strong, too, now. I'm kind of scared of yeah. that. They're undefeated, but they have a couple of draws, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, essentially, yeah, they, they, they beat the Germans. Now they're going to play uh, Mexico, who beat... I can't remember who they beat now. Oh, they beat... Uh, they beat Ghana. Ghana, that's right. The Black Stars. 2-2. Two, 4-2 two. Yeah, they, they, in penalties, the one. All they, the other they, games they were the penalties, out, right? Yes, yeah, th- the three other they, quarterfinals they, went they, to penalties. They, they subbed their goalkeeper out before the penalties, too. Oh, did they? Yeah, and then they, um, the, uh, the girls from Ghana did not really strike the ball very well in the penalties. Mm. Uh, made the Mexican goalkeeper look really good. And the, uh, the few penalties I saw in the highlights... Uh, the uh, the keeper from Ghana just stood there on oh. the line, really didn't move too much. Mexico, as you said, are unbeaten. They drew 0-0 in the group with South Africa, beat Brazil 1-0, then drew 1-1 with the group winners Japan. Yeah. Ten goals they scored, one against in the, in the group stages. So it's a tough test ahead. Yeah. But I think today showed if Jordan Haitama... It's in the team. It was a great finish. It's by a completely her. different team. Great finish by her, and they and they. I I wasn't watching it yeah. because I was out, and I haven't been able to find the goal. No, they they have it on the YouTube highlights. Oh, somewhere. okay. Um, I was just looking on Twitter for like a, no. a gift yeah, or something. It was a great it. finish. It was just a cross into the box, and she just kind of that kind of flipped. Was it flipped seven, it? You've seen minute. you've seen Diana Matheson's drawing. You know what? Yes. That was super. The, Canada actually controlled possession. They had fifty-eight percent percent fifty-eight percent possession in the first half, and they really kind of continued that on into the second half. So they really did well. Uh, Germany had some chances, but I don't think they even got a shot on goal. If I'm if I, the 
if I'm not mistaken. I don't think they got one. So it was kind of a kind of commanding yeah, effort the there. Deutsche girls are out. And um, Canada moves forward. I'm really happy for Jordan. Third goal in the tournament. Yeah. Third highest scorer overall. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be tough. Wednesday, 2 o'clock is the kickoff. Yeah. I'm off that day, so that'll be good. And it's a viewing party. I, I think one thing that really helped was because Germany was really going for it in their last game and they beat the US 4 0. Um, and they that's how it helped them. And remember, they made eight, uh, they basically had eight changes today uh, from their previous game that they lost to Spain 5 0. Um, so they had like a th- uh, eight people rested basically for this game, and they, it showed it in the game. Yeah. So it was a great uh, call by uh, Riri, as Michael would say. That's my my special name for. Yeah. Her. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't use it then. Isn't that her Twitter handle actually? Okay. Um, and then I think on the other side, uh, Japan got upset by somebody, and <laughs> Spain is through. And I don't remember who... who They're the playing New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah, right. New, yeah. yep. So was, uh, North Korea got knocked out and Japan got knocked out, which I kind of would consider upsets based on how they played at the beginning. So it'll be interesting to see, do they get a rematch with Spain or do they, if they get past Mexico, obviously, or do they uh, face New Zealand? Yeah, should be good. So that's a high. Some good stuff, positive, happy stuff to talk about. We'll change that now. It's time for my favorite part of the show is wavelength time. Still high for you, though. Yeah, well... No, this is a sad one, This right? is a sad yeah. one. Oh. November 27th is going to mark the, the anniversary, the seventh year anniversary of Gary Speed's death. And this month, we've been playing songs for footballers. So I had I found this song. I had never heard it till a couple of months ago when I stumbled across it. So I thought I would keep it for the anniversary of his death. So it's a Norwegian rap song by Lars... Valuar. This is simply called Gary Speed. However much I agonised, and I did, I am here to make the right decisions, not necessarily popular decisions. I've always tried to stand up and lead. While I'm doing this job, I will continue to do so. If someone else had been chairman this week, it is no good believing that this decision would have been different. It was the only decision that could have been taken to give us all peace of mind for the future. Should we have spent so heavily in the past? Probably not. But we lived the dream. We enjoyed the dream. Only by making the right decisions today can we rekindle the dream once again in the future. And that's what we intend to do. I am currently the chairman with all the responsibility that brings. But we lived the dream. We enjoyed the dream. Only by making the right decisions today can we rekindle the dream. But we lived the dream. We enjoyed the dream. We enjoyed the dream. Gaspeed, Gaspeed. Defense bar and Gaspeed. Gaspeed, Gaspeed. Defense bar and Gaspeed. Gaspeed, Gaspeed. Defense bar and Gaspeed. Gaspeed, Gaspeed. Defense bar and gas feet. Oh, yaddy, yaddy. Yaddy, yaddy. Oh, yaddy, yaddy. På TV, de fyller med Masingo och Lukas Radebe Tog turen till Leeds inför Kaiser Chiefs Helt vanlig dag i min facit liv Men på Simon Ritz och Benne Hans 
andra tar allt nå, din andra snart Fick succé med sin första platta Massenga fick aldrig fast plats på laget Men Lukas fick jobben i mitt försvara Kaptein på klubben och på landslaget Nelson Mandela kom på träningsfältet Så Lukas Radebe, det är min herre Lukas är nej till Man United Kommer till att tänka på Andrew Whitey Och Tommy är nans Så lägg dig och hoppa på BMX Kallar ni 88 En liten rak av en annan smitt Som fyr senare debuterar i Premiership Portugal, två timmar köring Smittin ska ta på sin första beröring Hela Anfield, Rogue är stilla Och gutten mina svärsjord bjuder och spelar Favoriter, man och pika Blir såld till United som en spika På Brinsdale, fucking tog ekonomian Spelaren är vart att fylla ut i profilen Antingen tyffel, skålsvardess Och gruppen banken är blod som bet i fjäsen Newbury hade många bråk i nätta Vittnen på lagkammeraten sin nätta Rasismen i sagens har tippen märker Bakom på dörren med finlandsätta Clifford fick sex år som den eneste Woody fick hundre dagar samtidstjänste Boja gick ut som en fri man Han gav fan, hade aldrig varit bedre på barn Han löser mye under efterforskningen Han pay it a million salt som kostningar En million pund i shit and leads Här är gud så ni saknar Gary Speed Gas Speed, Gas Speed Norwegian rap. Where else do you get to hear that on Vancouver Radio? Actually, where else do you get to hear a football show on Vancouver Radio? <laughs> Nowhere. It's your favourite thing to say. I'm surprised you don't say that more. I know, I should. Yes, that was our Wavelength song. And just keeping the international theme of things going, we talked about the Canadian under-17 women there just be, before Wavelength. And on Monday... Downtown Vancouver, there's a press conference being held by Canada Soccer. Yeah, John, John Herdman and Russell Tiber. Russell Tiber are yeah. going to be there. They're going to review the year, and there's the going undefe- to be a sp- the undefeated, undefeated year. year and a are, special announcement. Are they going to do it month by month like us? I, I hope so. <laughs> it's like January and February. 
<laughs> and then I'll, I'll play the music. We'll have Barbara Dixon go, January. You're going to be there, right? I'll, I will be there. It's going to get kind of awkward. I'm hoping to. It's going to get awkward the month they get to when they actually replace Carlos. It's a oh, what was the coach's name? Oh, well, Octavio. That was, Octavio, that, that was yeah. January. Yeah. John took over in January. Yeah, yeah so that would be awkward. Yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing what that is. We've got a few ideas of what we think the announcement's going to be. It's, it's basically, it has to be one of two things. It's yeah. either going to be they're having a training camp here and a friendly, or they're moving the March Nation Cup game from out east to the warm, sunny climes of Vancouver. The sheltered... Against French Guiana, is it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. No. Yeah. But now, to round off this week's episode, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership <laughs> with bcsoccerweb.com. Are you... Am I what? Is it Pee Wee Herman there? I was trying to floss. Oh. I'm not very good at it. No, flo- that's, not, that's not a floss. Are you talking about the backpack dance? I don't know. He's trying to floss like he's got a towel. Yeah, between his. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. that know what no, it is? No, that's no, not. No, it's totally wrong. Please don't, please stop doing that. You're making Steve uncomfortable. Oh. No, it's I, fine. Like, Steve, play, play the music again so <laughs> no, I can do a proper no, introduction. <laughs> anyway, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines, your one-stop site for local, national, and international news, links, and a lot more. What has been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Um, a, co- oh, a couple follow-ups. Uh, first of all, uh, if you think the rock, paper, scissors debate is off, it's still back on in England. Oh. Um, there are apparently hundreds of grassroots referees in the UK using the rock, paper, scissors in place of the customary uh, coin flip. Love uh, this. So to show awesome. support for a suspended official, David McNamara. Now, that was last week. Last yeah. weekend, not this weekend. Um uh, obviously, we uh, we know that McNamara was banned for three weeks uh, for using that in a, a women's super league match last month. Uh, one referee in Lancashire, uh, um, Ryan Hampson, claimed that the players actually asked to do the rock paper scissors ahead of the game that he was sent to referee. I'm not sure if he he allowed it, but they asked for it. So uh, kind of solidarity there. Um, the the people that kind of support the referees, I don't I can't remember what their name is. They kind of kind of straddled the fence. No, they they kind of <laughs> they kind of straddle the fence on um, you know supporting them and saying that maybe they shouldn't do that. Hold on. Oh, you guys sit down. <laughs> oh, this is the time I get to rest. There's lots to talk about in today's <sighs> BC Web headlines. Um. Okay. Next. Next one. <laughs> it's moving around there. Michael's mic is, has a mind of its own. Okay. If okay. I, if I made all this off off <laughs> noise, you'd be I'm going to edit this out. Oh. Too much flossing, that's where the, the problem's been. So the next uh, one is Spain wants a 2030 World Cup bid with Morocco and Portugal. That was the headline. Apparently, Prime That'd be Min- good. No, this is anonymous. They're very close together. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, this is a, a coming off an anonymous source uh, in, the, in the, government, uh, uh, the, the government of Spain from a source there. Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez conveyed the offer to the Moroccan counterpart uh, Saad Edin El Ahmadi during a brief visit to the North African country. So they did offer it to Morocco. Um, obviously, per- Portugal will probably be, you know, ready to do it with Spain. So let's see what they... They also met... Uh, remember, P- M- Morocco was kind of um, tied with a couple of other North African teams. Yeah. Uh, but did they were... they were or something? Yeah, like but they were, they were countries that they really didn't get along with. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They, they've got a way better chance of finally getting it if, yeah. they, if they team yeah. up with Spain and Portugal. Here's the thing. I, why... 
Why can't not everyone say, you know what? It's the 100th anniversary. It really should go back to where it's all started. Let Uruguay or the Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay bid be the one. Like, but have the Argentinians maybe done themselves some damage? Oh, Can you trust the fans down for, there? Okay, well, we'll talk about that in a minute because there's a there's a, there's a few things that need to be talked about. What happened yesterday? Should I just bring it up on right Saturday? Now? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, well, let's go. Let's jump ahead then. Uh, Cobra Libertadores final postponed after Boca bus attack twice. Uh, final was postponed on Sunday. Uh, oh, so, uh, sorry, on Saturday to Sunday after the Boca Junior players were injured when their bus was attacked by uh, River Plate fans. Um, it was delayed multiple times before it was finally postponed ind- indefinitely. Players were injured in their bus just five streets from the River Monu- Monumental de Nunez Stadium when rocks and pieces of wood were thrown by River supporters that shattered the windows of the bus. Some all- players also suffered from tear gas and pepper spray that was used by the police to squash the yeah. actual riots. Um, you can see c- actual pictures. There was a somebody retweeted, I think it was Russell Beresford, retweeted a whole thread. Yeah. Uh, from uh, somebody that was embedded mm, with the players. Yes. And it was a fa- oh it was it wasn't it wasn't fantastic, but it was a great view of how everything went down and all this stuff from inside the bus to outside. If you're if you're for football violence. Well, it was yeah. great to see some of the fans wearing AFTN's football violence awareness month t shirts. <laughs> and masks. No. And Molotov cocktails. Okay, okay. So this the, a couple more things. Okay, so keep okay, on, keep on. So the, from from that person who was on Twitter, um this wasn't actually in the articles. Um, uh, both Conobol and FIFA tried to get this match played that day. Yeah, they they were they were uh, threatening Boca to get the game going, or else they were going to have to forfeit. Um, they, because the in order to get it on TV, oh, that's for what the, the unconfirmed reports have been. No one's well, actually come out and said that but, that was definitely. But, but like I said, this was a reporter that was embedded yes. with Boca, so they were he was hearing stuff from the officials t- telling the Boca team what they wanted. I mean, it totally made sense to call it off on Saturday if you've got players in the hospital. Yeah, and and some some of the feeling groggy, you can't play. Some of the you can't play. But there are precedents in football where games have gone ahead. Oh, yeah. Dortmund's bust got bombed on the way to a Champions League match oh, in their yes. own stadium. Yes. And they had players who went to the hospital and yeah. couldn't play, and they played the game. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. No. But worse, worse things yeah. have happened, and games have gone ahead. Uh, Heisel. Heisel went ahead. The game was played, right? And, and people yeah. died. Yes. Like, so again, I'm I, not... Well, and, I, and who here hasn't thrown something at a... a Okay, 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 so yeah, I, I have it. Oh, no, snowballs. Yeah, obviously, you don't, obviously, you don't want someone to be hurt and all no. that. Okay. Here's the here's the thing that for me doesn't something's wrong. Like something is not right because. So it, you're saying there's something wrong with throwing rocks at a bus? No. Oh, okay. Uh, something else about this. Is we it, had a, a rock thrown at our East Five supporters bus. Oh. It but, broke about to go home and missing windows. Uh, the things you told me, you, you chant and saying, I'm not surprised. But here's the here's the thing. I, 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 right away, I, so I went to the, this Peruvian place near um, mm-hmm. uh, Boundary and uh, Hastings. Paddington's. Was that what it's called? I didn't even know what it's called. I just went to this place. There's no, there's, it was just said, oh, you're, okay, you're making Paddington Bear. You're from Peru. All right. You get the go. ceviche, though. Did yes. you have the marmalade sandwich? I no, hear that's one no, of their, no. their um, top things. So I walked in and they're like, oh, don't worry, the game's been delayed. So I sit down and start watching the image. He, I, I could not understand. So if people don't know, for it, when these teams play, uh, and when certain teams play in in Argentina, th- there are no away fans. Mm. There are no away fans allowed because of the history, because Which of the violence. Which is probably just as well yesterday. <clears throat> so, but here's the thing: it is not uncommon. And I, so I'm sitting there with a Peruvian. I'm sitting there with an Ecuadorian, and I ask them. I say, "Hey, 
it, I'm not wrong, right? It's not uncommon for the away team's bus to face some opposition from the, the home ultras, the home fans, the home or the Bear Bravo, whatever. And they're like, in my country, it's not uncommon at all. Yeah. So the one thing I did not understand is how is Boca Juniors driving to, to this the biggest yes. match they've ever played before with a bus that has windows that can break from a bottle being thrown but why at did it. the police also lead them past that big group of river fans? So the one thing, I, I this is speculation or whatever, I, I heard secondhand, I didn't even see it on Twitter, but I heard someone talking about it on Twitter, that they didn't go the, the way they were, gonna, they were supposed to go or whatever. The, Michael, the, the thing is, there's only so many ways to get to the stadium. Yeah. And it did There's not There's gonna be fans everywhere. Exactly. You if you're not in the stadium, you split up, you go to all of them if you if you wanna cause problems or you wanna whatever. So to me, no matter which way you go, as soon as you get into the river river plate neighborhood you're gonna. There's gonna be fans yeah. somewhere. But I mean, no matter what, the it, safest. It, the well, and so, and I'm not. But con- worldwide, it's not a great look for Argentine football. No, Again, no. the no, safest but- way. The safest way would have been to parachute them in. <laughs> Okay. Shoot them out with a cannon. That could have been like Joe Cannon. Yeah. Um, but no, I think so, shooting cannons so again, I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying it was. Gr- I'm not saying it's okay to throw rock these these items at a bus. But that that, that, bu- that bus that bus that they should have had. A, they should. They know this happens. They they should have had a bus with like bulletproof windows or whatever. Like yeah. it, it it shows a little bit of lack of due diligence, yeah. responsibility, or woodproof windows. Yeah, because <laughs> it was wood thrown at them. And so, yeah, two guys, I think, got glass in their eye, and then yeah. there was and at least the, four, the, four guys the one throwing thing, up. And, and, well, the tear gas didn't help. No, which was, which yeah. was the police. Which, yeah. And yeah. the insults, the, the, uh, like, you know, river, river fans suck on the side of the bus, that, that was inappropriate, too. No, that kind they, of shouldn't, they shouldn't have done so, that. No, it wasn't. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, oh, one thing I just want to mention also, the only reason the game was uh, uh, suspended or postponed was because the local council actually fined the stadium or the team, I'm not sure which one, but they fined them um, and said that you can't play the game until the fine is paid. So oh, that's no. the only reason. That came from that same reporter. Uh, as they said, that's wow. the only reason the game was suspended or postponed. And but, FIFA, FIFA is taking yeah, for, credit for, for that. For FIFA or Comnibol to try and make them to play on the Saturday. Yeah. Again, ridiculous. I'm not commenting on the rightness or the wrongness of it. This is... There was a player who actually that happens like, all no, the time. No, I know. But there was a player that yeah, was willing yeah. to go on the pitch, ready to go on the pitch. With, with, they had a bandage yeah, on his yeah. eye. Yeah. Um, well, good, but the Boca players came out. And uh, Carlitos, Carlos Tevez, and Fernando Gago, the captain, were standing there like, we're in no condition to play. And they, they were there for like five minutes, and the guy came in said, uh, the game starts in 45 minutes. They're so like, okay, we better go. <laughs> and then, you know. Yeah. So uh, going back to some of the other articles that were follow-ups, uh, Amnesty warns FIFA against expanding Qatar in 2022 World Cup. Uh, they're warning them because they're saying that uh, the two, two countries that they want to expand to, Saudi Arabia and uh, United Arab Emirates, they have uh, major human rights concerns. Yeah, um, wait, wait, and there now, of course, uh, I would say Qatar yes. has some <laughs> major. So I don't know how much that's going to help. And, Russia uh, as well has had some yeah. major human rights concerns. So just in case it wasn't clear, I'm 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 okay that the game got postponed. Oh, <laughs> like I, okay. I think We've it was moved the right on decision. Now, yeah, I know, but this, that's crazy. That's yeah. like the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, right? like it's doesn't make shouldn't be there in the first place. Yes. Now they're trying to make an even bigger mess out of it. Yeah. World Cup soccer, talking about it, two-year cycle back in play. Alejandro yeah. Dominguez, president of CONMEBOL, Con- uh, submitted the proposal at the FIFA con- Congress in Rwanda in October. He said the bilineal 
uh, World Cup would serve as a viable and even preferable alternative to the expanding continental championships such as UEFA Nations League and Copa America. I think that's overkill if they do everything. Totally. Years. I mean, that, part of the thing about the World Cup that has the, the mystique about it is it's every four years. Yeah. Yes. The thing is, the, 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 what they cite is the, it will help ad, uh, advertisers because, or I don't know, get more advertisers regularly because the Olympics, which is winter and summer, do happen every two <coughs> years. And they but cited that, that. But then you kill things like the Euros and the African oh, no. Nations Cup the, and the Gold Cup. I'm just telling you what they cited yeah, as Copa the America. Why. You know what the World Cup is really missing is more sponsorship dollars. That's yeah. what they really need. Right no, and more here, teams, apparently. Yeah, more teams. Here's the thing. The 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 World Cup really is a two year long thing. Yeah. So how can you? How can yeah, you? Yeah, it's going to be nonstop qualifying. It, yeah, it it makes no sense. And you're right; it does not leave any room for the confederations no. to have their own thing that's not going to overlap with. World I personally Cup think qualifying. it's not going to happen. I I just hope it doesn't. I hope but it doesn't. In this modern kind of football climate, who knows what can happen? Um, IFAB is uh, looking at new proposals. Uh, we talked about it months mm. ago, but here's some of the new proposals. Uh, actually, one is to help goalkeepers on penalties. They're saying they only need to only have one foot on the goal line when a penalty is taken. Allowing Big boost for the Paralympic teams. <laughs> allowing goalkeepers to begin, uh, to begin moving forward earlier. Essentially, it gives them a chance so they, the goals don't get called back. Um, they're also some of the other rules are they're ending trials of penalty shootouts to return to teams alternating kicks, uh, cutting time wasting by forcing substituted players to leave the field at the nearest spot, and writing a more precise wording for non-deliberate handball offenses. I, I quite like the ABBA for penalty kicks like the ABBA. Yeah, but uh, haven't seen it loads, but it freshens it up a little bit. True. Got a good point. Mm. Any thoughts, Jack? Sorry, no, I... None? Okay. Uh, some news from North America. Major League Soccer's most valuable teams, uh, according to Forbes. Uh, Atlanta United, no surprise, debuts on top. Can't wait to see where the Whitecaps are. Surely, top five, top six, top, top ten at least. Bottom three. What? Yeah, the third from the bottom, uh, head of Columbus and Colorado. Was there not one of these last year? Because Atlanta was around last year. That was by a Mexican oh, group okay. that actually did all of uh, North America. So American Forbes didn't teams. do it last year. I think they did. Oh. I think they do it every year. But this is the, yeah this year's. Um, uh, like I said, a couple a uh, couple interesting facts. Uh, Atlanta was responsible for one quarter of the league wide merchandise sales through the MLS online store. Uh, five Atlanta players are also ranked in the top twenty five. No other team had more than three on their list. And the new additions, uh, which is obviously Atlanta and. Uh, LAFC and some other, I think one other team if I'm not mistaken they um, helped increase the average uh, MLS team to 240 million which is up uh, 7.6% from last year if you ignore those three teams the average MLS club value only goes up by 4% it's interesting the Vancouver Whitecaps are only 30 they spend 18 million according to this and they are 31 million dollars behind in spending of Atlanta Interesting. Interesting. And that's not even the biggest spender. Yeah. So, hey, so, no, go no, ahead. no, go ahead. You had uh, other... what, what do you make of this? This is, To me, this For is... For me, a... this is too complicated because <clears throat> when I was reading the article, I just tried to I get know. The, some of the points out of there. So the, it, it, anybody with financial degree The measurement degree needs criteria... To 
For example, if you're looking at orders from the MLS store, yeah. folk here aren't going to be buying Vancouver stuff from there because no. the shipping from the States is extortionate. I still don't you're going think... to buy it directly from the Whitecaps store. But that's still included in this. Yeah, but... Possibly, yeah. Supposedly. Mm. But I still, I, I just, I'm just, it was just a point that Atlanta fans obviously are spending more money and everything yeah. like that. I'm not surprised we're down the bottom. I am surprised we're third bottom. I didn't, I genuinely didn't think we'd be as low as that. Well, the, the, the FO is always talking about how much they admire Columbus. Hmm. And they spend the same amount, apparently. Maybe that's why. Oh, so- we're third top. It's an upside <laughs> down. <laughs> So um, uh, the, there's going to be a lack of tissues for opposing head coaches uh, next year because Oscar Pereira is leaving FC Dallas uh, after five seasons as head coach. Uh, the 50-year-old Colombian coach is set to be hired by Liga MX team club Tijuana. And for uh, during his time at, at uh, FC Dallas, four playoff appearances, uh, a supporter shield, a Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Club trophy, and a friendship with Caleb Porter. And uh, but as Whitecap Scarf pointed out on Twitter today, no, no actual, no, uh, no MLS cups. No, uh, the uh, I, I like him. No, I, I, there's lots of things I like about him. Uh, one of the things that is uh, I've heard about Dallas that is that people here, if people here are were concerned about the relationship between the Whitecaps and um, Avid or Base or whatever, like I think I think Dallas might have a more. Uh, difficult, unique situation than the, than the Whitecaps in terms of how things work for their players and movement and stuff and whatever. And we saw some issues last year with players wanting to move or trying to get yeah. moved and then things just did not happen. Be, yeah. For, I, I, I always liked Oscar Perea. He's a guy I'd have been happy for him to come here as coach, but good luck to him. It'll be interesting to see what a new era looks like in Dallas because one of the things, obviously, he was good at yeah. was bringing through young players. Of course, there's going to be a new era in Canada next year anyway. Yeah, um, and uh, the CPL Cavalry FC have released their membership ticket pricing and stadium layout. Now, interesting stuff. I, the thing I really like is they're really going in for the uh, the uh, Army theme uh, because, uh, first of all, if you look at their layout, uh, they got uh, things called like the trenches, uh, battlefield corners, um, and also they got the officers club, which I'm assuming is a locker room. Uh, that's my uh, understanding. No. no, I could be wrong. No. Okay, no, isn't it? Okay, so I don't even know what. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe that's for the high end ticket people, the yeah. season ticket. So, and then um, if you look at the uh, the membership packages, uh, it starts off as uh, troops, which go from thirteen fifty to twenty nine twenty five. The corps, which is forty seven twenty five, and the battalion, which is seventy seven fifty to two hundred two fifty. So it's not. I, I heard an interview with their like the sort of CEO type dude who works for Meadows on the Green, who owns the club and whatever. Uh, because there has been some strong negative feedback towards uh, their pricing and their layout. Um, now, because in part because one of the things is they're one of the one of only two clubs so far because Pacifics ha- hasn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the two clubs over them, I think, in New York Nine are the only ones who haven't aren't giving their founding members or whatever you want to call them, a, f- a free kit. Yes. Um, I heard this guy talk about how that, you know, he said Christmas is coming, you know, we're, we're going to take care of sort of, there might be a gift for our our, our members. Now, he didn't specify, but uh, the person interviewing him kind of was hoping that he was hinting at, uh, at at the kit thing. But the prices, the layout, it's a weird place. Like, Yeah, well, you've been there. Yeah. And it looked nice from your video. Yeah. 
I don't know how big these grandstands are going to be and how, you know, how much all that's going to impact. The cool thing, or not cool thing, one of the nice things is they have the ability to separate people into different categories and stuff. And the other nice thing, which I don't think you can see on here, oh no, it does say on here, is they are, might have the most covered seats in the CPL, uh-huh. which would be really helpful. That big grandstand there on the right, that's covered. Uh, and I think there's other places that are covered on here. Where's the latrines? They're, not, sure. they're, not, they're not on there. No, it's not mentioned at all. I mean, I'm assuming you just pick a up. corner. It's the yeah. horse place. Oh. Yeah. I hate all this yeah, I knew you do. army stuff. Yeah. Oh. They're, 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 I mean, they're taking it. They're, they're, they're fully living it out. So yeah. you either love it or you hate it. And I'm it, looking it, forward to Forge having the anvil and the horseshoe and the whatever else. Well, the Forge horseshoe would work. Well, I mean, the, the, uh, Steve, I'll talk to you about this more later, but there's some great anti-forged forged TIFO ideas that oh, you can do. The show's almost over, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. know. No, okay. after, uh, after, after the show, yeah. yeah. Well, that is it, I think, for this week's show. It is? Looks yeah. Like it. So, we didn't finish at 12.30. Close. <laughs> well, we're in a if lot of time, me- If you hadn't mentioned that, the show would be basically ending on time. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's hurry up and finish then. So, just before we do finish... Let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm a part of the movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN.ca. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer and at Facebook at AFTN Canada. Busy week coming up. There'll be lots of Whitecaps and Canada news to talk about in next week's show. We'll be back then. Have a safe week. Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode, and until next time, take care, and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful, and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.